0: Hi, I'm Cornell. I'm Glen Arroy.
1: And I'm Kareem. And welcome to the Fish Tea Podcast, where
0: we're hair-whipping, heel-stretching, Jamaican please talk about the politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean,
2: life in the diaspora, and the work it takes to sustain love life and laughter after in the midst of all the white noise.
1: We're giving you everything, honey. Get into the this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea. Bottoms up.
0: <laughs> what uh, you elected about it this time? Because
2: <laughs> I was media. On, I'm sorry.
0: All right. Okay. So this is gonna be a quick little catch up, considering, but you know.
1: <laughs> Nobody <laughs> enough for <I> no. <know. laughs>
0: yeah, the flags is flagging. That's all I would say. The flags will always flag, you know. Um, but the update is, you know, we had the LGBTQ year. And we have had that event, and the winner is Javante Anderson, some of the time, This is an opportunity for big up Javante. Um, we'll the we'll message them about, you know, possibly coming on and talking about it. But Javante does a lot of work um using their their platforms to like mobilize funds for persons who are displaced or persons who want to go to school abroad, or you know, um, LGBT Jamaicans everywhere. So you know, um, it was good to acknowledge somebody like that, and we also acknowledge. Um, Paris and Imanu, both um, trans persons who volunteer a lot um, to to do work with the community and Imanu as a creative is doing a lot for queer visibility. So big up for girls. You know, the girls showed out and we had a nice cute little event and I was serving some Fortis Queen, you know, Fortis Queen realness before you took picture
2: So was that for the same award or was it for a different category for the other two?
0: Always it is that it was, they all went up for the same award, but, you know, based on who, you know, scored second and third, we kind of did the award to match their contribution. So it was kind of flexibility in that way. So Imani's contribution was primarily um, arts, you know, and, cre- and in the creative sector, and Paris's contribution is primarily volunteerism. So we did it that way. So those second awards aren't it. It depends on, you know, when we do it again next year, what is the nature of the contribution of the person?
2: okay, cute so we and
0: th- is this the first time we're doing this? Um, in this way where we, we we've used hero like the Heroes day period to kind of celebrate lgbt persons before like last year we celebrated like two you know leaders and two upcoming leaders um and so we've done that before um so this year we decided to make it a way more like collaborative process um that more so we had a uh, um, uh, committee established, and there were community leaders on the committee. There were members of our, our affiliate organizations, civil society representation. So we broadened it to make sure that there was more persons' voices being heard um, and that there was a wider cross section of people and representation to ensure that it wasn't just our idea. So it's the first time we're doing it this way.
2: Cool. Mark. Karim, what have you been
1: say
0: yeah oh yeah Fishy did actually get nominated you know we got nominated oh
1: we actually got nominated
0: yeah, we did actually we you know we couldn't decide find that part uh but when, when the shortest thing happened we went to that part but we were nominated and, you know uh, big
1: that's big cute no fish It i
0: wasn't just one actually two nominations i think
1: i think
0: we oh. should get two nominations uh, two. yeah, yeah I we need to put that somewhere somewhere
1: someone that will buy us somewhere
0: it's like nominated for. <laughs> Like, 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 I've
1: been nominated. Listen, I definitely have um, things that I've been nominated for. I didn't win on my CV because, you know, <laughs> what have I been up to? Um, this dissertation thing. Like, I knew, I knew it wasn't a bed of roses. I knew it wasn't meant to be easy, or else I guess everybody would have done it. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know. Hold on, like this is like I'm every episode. Hold on.
0: <laughs> I'm
2: totally fine leaving this in the recording, by the way. <laughs>
0: that character.
2: Sorry about that. Fine. So we've decided you're leaving that in. <laughs> it's
1: like every freaking episode, no matter what to go. No, sir! it is, the freaking dissertation, a stress me out. Um trying to pick doing interviews so i'm trying to pick um the lgbtq organizations within the us that i'm trying to that i want to interview and i'm a struggling college student struggling graduate student and so i do not have money to pay two thousand five hundred dollars to subscribe to the website that really easily gives you all this information that you need and the irs website is not the most reliable if you don't have certain specific information and so I literally have like three different windows open because including for one um so one of the websites i have to have a membership which is the 2500 dollars membership right besides that they give you i think like 20 organizations that you go look up for free um so my open my incognito tab in order to kind of get wrong with that little um <coughs> freeness <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> yeah man, I'm just dying for that part, I don't tell you. I just want to come out of school. And if my stop me now go back. So i just really push myself before before we get to that point then.
0: Yeah. So the last time you talked about this, you said you had written three pages. How much, how much more pages are you write then?
1: Wait, how much pages do you tell the time? Three, I okay. Three? Oh god, no friend. Um wait a moment right now. I am proudly at 46 pages including references but 46 pages nonetheless 34 without come come yeah gotta write got i write my love <laughs> and this is just a proposal so i haven't collected data yet or even began that process this is just for them for me to go before the committee and say look people this is what i want to study this is why i want to study this is how i'm going to go about studying it and so that they can say you know what good girl why i'm going to get to you.
0: But I think, so once we've done the proposal, isn't like a lot of that going to be at least some parts of it going to be converted into the paper, the final paper, anyways?
1: Oh, and I'm- some parts, my love, the wall light. The wall are I to right back in there and I'm just going to attach, I'm just going to add more to it. Or like as, as literature becomes available, if I feel like including it or I feel like it'll send a different message or whatever, then I could make revisions accordingly. But no, my friend, I write something completely different. Man.
2: How many uh, places are you thinking of interviewing? Or?
1: So, I chose 20 places, which is a bit ambitious, um, but I just put it in there so that I could cover each major region of the United States. So, they have like four major regions, and i so I picked about four or five um, LGBTQ organizations from each region to kind oh, of.
0: Start. Oh, yeah, it I is. Couple in certain places, I can give you a contact or two depending on what you're interested in.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, just, just, just from my recollection, because remember when I did the whole thing with the state department right. like so like in orlando we spoke to a good amount of lgbt organizations they're like zebra coalition and other people so that's some of them that i do remember so let me know see if i can remember, get some cards from somewhere and i can put you in contact so
1: yes, um, please. Help
2: sorry i was distracted i was looking at my my
1: pay statements Lord. your pay statement um, did i smell i'm yeah. no <laughs>
2: I don't know about that. Um, I, I thought I was going to get some more, but like taxes are a whole situation. Uh, I mean, <laughs> let me see. What's new? Yeah, school stuff is still happening. Um, by my account, I have about four to five more sessions left with each class, which is great. We are more than halfway done. Uh, applying, well, preparing job documents. I submitted my first application, which is terrifying, and I think it was exciting.
1: You must tell me when they did them, some can go to the, go to God, go approach emergency and say, God, be at the scene.
2: Yes, please do. Please do. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how things go over the next few months. But that's about it on my end. Isn't
1: mm-hmm. the semester going by fast? No? Or is it couldn't go by fast enough? I feel like... I was looked down and looked up and now it's November and I'm like, oh shit. This semester I look for done again. And nah, I feel I like
2: teach- it's not going fast enough for me. I nah. I want to be.
0: Yeah. I think I'm not tutoring this semester, so and and thank God. I mean, even though I like every, every now and then I'm interested in doing in criminal, I don't think I, when I think, well, could I manage it? Too much things that like one. But I'm going to try to it to that. The semester will start at the start of the year when things are shook up, you know. look a bit easier than we But, Cornel, you done said something that can bring us into our topic. You was talking about the pay statement. So how about you introduce the topic?
2: I'm actually so sad. I'm so sorry. I'm distracted.
1: This is, anyway, no one needs to. Introduce the topic I make to talk well, too.
2: Anyway, okay, this is like TMI, but... I worked more hours compared to my last paycheck, and I end up with less. I am just very confused right now, but whatever. Um, in any case, uh, so today we are... I mean, it's funny that, you know, we're talking about that at a time like this, but we are going to be talking about the... How do I frame this? So some of you might be familiar with, with this idea of the, the pink dollar. So there's this signs that uh, queer folks... Um, Well, gay men in in particular have more disposable income, so we're going to have a bit of a discussion to see, well, is that really the case? And perhaps how do our monthly expenses differ from the quote-unquote general population? So what's your budget look like? What are you all doing with with the coin?
0: I think for me, if I think about you know as my, as my land of batty work, as my land of batty work, I'm gonna look somewhere else for live. So I started officially at J Flag in September. By October, I'm have my own place. So when Oh, pause,
2: rewind, come on. You started where when? At the body work, JFLAG. In September?
0: So September 2016. Okay. And, and you, wow, okay. Yeah, that's the thing, but to be fair, at the time it was me and my best Xavier. Um, who has since passed as well as my other friends. So it was the three of us living together and he had already had his own job, but I think about just, you know, as queer people, well, me, I can say it because it was one of my motivations. Ooh, I, fuck. I went and settle still have a fucking our parents place. So that means I our one place, you know, the whole, do you host or do you travel, right? Some bitches got a host and I was a hosting bitch, right? So those are the kinds of things I think, because we have to move out quicker, as you know, depending on the kind of relationships we have in our family, we can have women over, and even if you're gonna get them in tests, you going have a bunch of girls over, or a key, key so your parents don't want that around them. So yeah, so we end up move out quicker, not to mention people who are actually displaced, and have to just, who are forced to find a place quicker. Um, and so we have to contend, because I was talking, talking about this with some of my kids yesterday, we have to contend with those, issues of knowing how to, knowing about paying bills on time, quicker, um, opening accounts, I mean, which does have some benefits, I guess, because then um, you know, that credit starts matter a little bit more in Jamaica, start being the credit from earlier. But that's the thing, we end up spending more quicker. Um, so even if, when I pay for picnic, because that's the biggest idea that, oh, and thank God, because when I say no like sometimes I look and I say, can you imagine if my money did split? And I go to school, no sir. But anyways, it's a different yeah, one. The Pampa's no cheap, so. <laughs> List. And they go, I'll have the baby mother them and the baby father. I don't want to do it. My pay, my pay is decent. I mean, I think so. it could have, it could have happened. I men so not only do it. But anyways, I digress. Yeah, yeah. I think because we, we take on certain expenses quicker, even if we don't have to pay, we don't have to pay certain expenses. It's still, it's still, it's still balanced. So I, mean, I think we particularly have more money because it's still balanced, and then not to mention other other associated costs. But we we'll get into that. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Well, let me. Th- there are a couple of things. I before we get into a discussion about disposable income or like recreational use in terms of money and so on, um, I was wondering if if we can begin with a, a conversation about the displacement piece because I think there's a lot there, but also. I also want to book back, bookmark for later in the conversation a point about, um, okay, glass ceiling isn't the word I'm looking for, but I do know that in some professions you can only go so far if you are not a quote unquote like family man, and so there there, there is a there is a line that uh, queer folks, well, queer men, so and where this we can talk about the experiences of of queer men, but yeah, the the displacement piece is real. While you were talking, I was wondering if I. I'm trying to think if I know any gay, queer, trans, lesbian person who lived willingly with their family um, throughout university, if that's something that they did. I mean, I mean, even if you weren't like displaced or kicked out, there is this sense that you you can't stay, you you can only stay there for so long. Come, oh my god, I'm making all of these points when Karim is there living with his. Which is
1: family. <laughs> I was just about to raise my hand, like, um <laughs> that's so funny. No, I kind of recognize though how like my experience is unique compared to others. Um, because I feel like even if I was living in Jamaica, it would have been somewhat similar. Um, and it'd been similar because of course family would have been abroad and I'd still be there. And so I'd be living in a family house and I would have been able to do as I pleased there. Mm-hmm. So I've lived with my parents my entire life. Well, since I've moved here, I was, I've been living with them as well. And the like after I came out, and my mom soon like had some type of like we established that level of comfortability and so on. I was able to bring my lovers, boyfriends, whoever they are, here um, and handle business. Um, even now, like before I moved upstairs, so we live in a multi-family house for context, and so it's essentially two separate apartments, two separate living qu- quarters. Before I started occupying the um, upper level, my husband and I were downstairs in the local one-bedroom, um, but mostly because we were looking to do, like, we were looking taking advantage of the opportunity of not having to pay full rent so that we can go house shopping and so on. Even the house that we were looking for was a house that would accommodate the entire family. So Um, yeah, I've been living with family and I've never had that issue or don't recall a time feeling uncomfortable bringing somebody maybe in the, in the early years when I was just here and I wasn't, I didn't quite know the lay of the land. I didn't quite know what to expect when I was dating or hooking up or anything of that sort. And so I would feel more comfortable going to that person's dwelling as opposed to having that person come to my house. But yeah, in that sense, I feel like my experience has been unique. But then also, I don't know if there's like this dependence on me finding a house that could accommodate the entire family, because that was always like the the idea when Kareem goes house shopping. and Kareem would be doing most of the work with the support of the family. And so it was never an issue of me having to move out or me having to do like seek elsewhere or take on some of those responsibilities that Glenroy mentioned as a to like displacement or just wanting to get out.
0: Yeah, to add some context, well, so one, so let me do with the general and then the personal, to add some context, um, we did a needs assessment and we're rolling out the information from that, but I can say this, one in five LGBT Jamaicans have been displaced at some point in their lives. That's what the research is showing. 20% of us experience displacement at some point in our lives. So it's, it's, it's a major issue. But for me, um, and this is a personal, I was never asked to leave. And it was never that I just knew I wanted that for myself. I mean, truth is that once I had moved back in with mom at different points, or whether it was after Xavier died and I moved back in, or after I came back from London and I moved back in, I did have my visitors but i think there's always just a greater sense of comfort for me at least because i did so my mom has a two a two-story house and her the the story at the top she rents out so um yeah i was upstairs but you know there's still just a whole sense of comfort about living by yourself and having your own space and i I never felt a hundred percent comfortable with you know, having my girls over. So it wasn't even about the niggas at that point, because, you know, the niggas come, them going, and go going to remember who said, if I want to see a man, I walk through that. I feel them it's bad then. Everybody know, but you know, you and your girls want something do in a living era, i chop it up. And it just always, it just never felt conducive to that. Even though it wasn't at that point, it wasn't even a matter of my parents doing anything or my housemates doing anything. I just wanted a, a kind of space that I, and bad and I lived alone. I had lived on my own or with friends twice. So again, I kind of just wanted that again. And I think that's also it. There's a peace of mind that comes with cultivating your own queer space. So even in that same needs assessment, um, one of the findings were that LGBT people feel most comfortable when they, they're in their own spaces that they rent or own. That's the kinds of safe spaces that they're able to create. And critically for me, who's a house mother, having that space is, is, is also very important for me to be able to have family events, have my kids over. Well, some of my kids have their own space now, so that yesterday we had a little movie day thing. But yeah, that's also important. So, so they're, they're, for queer people, you also need to have a space for potentially supporting other queer people who might be displaced. So it's a, it factors major into managing our expenses, especially since we can't live in a certain, a certain community. So like I get like me now, me not live in a certain place. So like when not look for houses also, anybody even evil cut out on Sunday cleaner to find a cheap place there, because one million at the time and the energy for do all of that. But beyond that, the reality is, um, I knew that cheaper rents meant certain spaces that I wouldn't thrive in. So I knew I just went with a realtor company and I did that twice and they would find the spaces that they were more expensive spaces. So I probably could have gotten, um, even though I have a great space where I am, I probably could have gotten the same type of space, um, for cheaper, but the reality is what it would cost to do that in terms of, you know, where would I be living? And it's not like, you know, the ghetto rooms, if it's one ghetto where you then you are right. So it's like, me, and me group in one ghetto, so my ghetto was all right for me. But me not, I got to cut myself and go on next ghetto with my look kids in the area, because me never know what happened. So I automatically was looking for the Kingston 6s and the Kingston 8s and the Kingston 10s and the Kingston five. Which means rent at a particular level, so that's also another thing to think about when you talk about peak dollar and what it costs to be queer.
2: I mean, just to add really quickly to what you're saying is also a point about uh, harassment or discrimination from potential landlords as well, right? So um, they might have a particular sort of opinions about the the tenants that they want to be a part of their, you know, buildings and so on. Right. Um, so there's that. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So people, uh, grow up faster in a certain kind of way, they might be either pushed or there's a greater desire to move out. So, I mean, at the point that, you know, we've all found relatively decent jobs, how do you think the, the, the expenses, um, differ at that point? I have some ideas, but I am I'm curious
0: to hear. Make Karim talk first because she have our nails and some so that that has an email monthly budget.
1: I mean, you're right. I've definitely And before Karim
2: goes, I think there's also a point about like what kind of queer you are too, right? So Kareem might be more my a look I mean, queen. My <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, go on.
1: I mean, when I, like, when I think about people in like around me, meet like people with kids or without kids. Right. Cause there's still that certain, there are definitely differences that come up. And when I think about myself, like at one point I didn't even felt like I needed a budget. This was when we did like look a bit younger and careless, which is not that far away. Like I didn't feel like I needed a budget because I was just like, well, Pitney, um, I live in shared housing, like shared with my family, so I don't have to worry about a whole lot of contribution to rent bills and all these things. My pay do on payment insurance, give my contribution to the rent and whatever I left me get for spending pound clothes or go out the brunch. And that was like that was mostly my concern. Um, so yeah, Glenn, you're right. The nails are in the budget, the hair is in the budget. <laughs> I even budget for clothes now um, because I was getting carried away with like just buying clothes and Cornell can, (laughs) I guess, um, contested. I I was just like, I was just buying clothes and they would just be there. I wouldn't wear them out and I'll just not have to worry about anything. But then I think about like my brother that lives with me and he has two boys, well, three now because he just had a baby girl. And just the other day, I was going on the mall and I was getting so angry with my mom. I was getting upset because she wanted to go to Old Navy to go return something. But in returning, now she's calling me over. I'm like, mom, I never come by the mall for this. I come by the mall to look for the for my own self. Like, please, yeah, yeah, in truth, I'm a little mall time. Like, dear, I'm going to do my thing. And like, even before that, I've always been like, kind of like cognizant of the different kind of expenses that comes with that? And I'm just like, no. Because when I think about school, when I think about, oh, just this end of summer, I carry my nephew from the mall and buy him some clothes, like using my brother's money, of course, buy some clothes for him. I know him I tell him to say, the clothes I'm going to buy for them time that him outgrow or the shoes i went by the time that outgrew and I forgot buy it again. I say, better, you than know me, my love. The only thing I'm going to take care of the state, give me the money for. So i make going faster some me. Jesus, I probably shouldn't have said this. But... <laughs> I mean I like I I, every time I think about having kids or like kids of my own whether through adopting or some whatever other means I think about the expense and I'm just like you know what I'm not at that point like there was a point where I was just like I don't want kids because I don't believe that I should be spending the same amount of money on clothes that I spend on myself and I was just like I was legit selfish now it's getting a little bit better but no friend, it was like between you and me i chose me so okay just a few things to add a bit
2: of context so i do think part of this is american uh culture is very much into the kind of like consumer culture and so a lot of stuff that you may or may not use is like a thing so i know Definitely. lots of people who have um clothing hung up with the tag stick on never been worn that's been in there for years kareem may or may not be one of those people cool whatever <laughs> There's also a thing about, like, seasonal, uh, like, outfits. Mm. And so you need to shop per season. You need to have a wardrobe per season, which is the other thing. So that might be another factor as to why uh, some folks have more than the other. What I will say, clothing is an interesting example because if it is that we are going away for a long weekend, someone like a Jermaine might bring a little, you know, a bag and maybe a knapsack, you know, low maintenance not very fussy for that same long
0: weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody make you feel bad about Can me always overpack for the long weekend? Them and listen to me, people need to understand shoes take up space, right? And so, oh. shoes, you're, you're gonna need at least two suitcases to pack the shoes comfortably with the jeans and the other little pieces. are also, for full up one cape, it take a only for other space to girls. So, I understand where I come from. I well,
1: my excuse that I always use is that. On a smile at me. <laughs> no, but for real, like if we we're, we're like going out on trips, like Cornell would come and he'd be like, "Yeah, I didn't have to check luggage." And then I remember our first trip to um, Nola. Oh my God, and I felt bad afterwards because I was just like, Karim, you have got to do better." I've been challenging myself to do better ever since. So everybody shows up, right, and everybody has their bag and their clothes. I think we're spending a week, and you know they're good. They have and they have en- more than enough outfits, right, to make options. And I'm just and that's. And I all mean, of keep my in things.
2: mind this is like summer, so like light, right? It's shorts and no? short
1: all. Okay, girl, why me and my husband? And this was against my husband's will. Why we show up with three red suitcases, three big, metal, three big, fifty-pound red suitcases? He had one for himself, right, because I pack of options. And I had one for myself. And of course, the other one, again, for shoes and all those things. So I was just like, oh, and mind you, mind you, I knew exactly where I was going because Cornell, so like, oh, he put together this beautiful itinerary. So I had an idea of where, wherever I would end up. So I could have easily packed for that. But girl, after that trip, when we come back with the one who get her clothes whenever I wear. Oh, plus we had carry on luggage. Now I was like, you know what? This is a bit much. I might need to do a little better. <laughs> the
0: thing is, I'm the type of girl, I can't pack per event. Like, that's too specific for me. Um, I don't know. like people always said, I will pack everything and figure out whatever I'm wearing when I get there. That's just me. So the same thing happened to me and them judge me every time when I got a training before I got like, like the Ochi weekend, we have the biggest suitcase for the Ochi weekend. But I had options. I had things. I mean, whenever I did end up going to the beach, so the beach stuff, when we did, have, whenever I did end up wear, and that wasn't my fault. But the point is, I get it. People don't understand. Heels take up space and always use that excuse. Heels, wraps, throwovers, capes, they're bulky, We must understand.
2: No, that's real. That's, that's really real. Um, there was something else I was thinking about actually the thought, just Jesus Christ, hold on.
0: But actually on that note, there was something that I had been thinking about to add to the conversation about how our expenses work. Um, but the, the close conversation does add another layer. I mean, we can't wear the same thing. So just like a straight men can wear like one, all oh, the technical, let me get away with this with the black. That's shirt. what I was thinking, yes. But straight men can wear like one thing and, and repeat and it's fine. Some, queer, some gay men can do that. You know, the, I guess they're more masculine, more traditional, you know. But those of us, they're a little bit more razzle-dazzle. have we'll have more things to bring? Though, if we're like, oh, well, like, if, like, let's use the weekend trip again, we can't wear one piece twice particularly if it's a statement piece. So, you know, also we'll spend more, um, for, you know, we'll update our wardrobe, a little bit more because we those grow right? So every now and then you have to add a little rustle a little to your closet to just keep up with the expectations of being a fabulous square man, you know? So those are the kinds of things. But also something that stands out to me as soon as I was able to know to not have to take public transport, I stopped. And one, and one particular situation that happened to me that, um, that kind of always stands out in my mind when I talk about this is, I remember once I was going home. I have I, I, I take one taxi from Africa. One am going to taxi from Africa. tree forgot me on. I never want long go in on this man taxi. I was prepared to wait. about man forced the in the taxi. and I know the taxi man didn't stay. We had Road run taxi not as frequent as the Papine wanted. So, you know, I understand I'm going to go in on the taxi. No, the taxi is clearly overpacked because the taxi man them always overpacked the taxi there. And the person who I am sitting beside is some nigger. And this nigger refuses to scooch over look a little bit more so we can comfortably sit in the taxi. Right. One of my legs is resting on the cross so that it rests on the other leg, just so we can avoid sitting on this man and he makes a situation of me Sitting and what he says, man, leaving and I really wasn't. I was just crammed in that, I'd say. And, and it's things, things like this that also informs my distrust of straight men and not being wanting to be around them because it's almost like, so I am forced to sit here and you're being very, you're being homophobically unreasonable and also unreasonably homophobic. Not like you can't be reasonably homophobic, but still, like it, the extent to which it was. And it was just like, and this is my father, I take a fucking public, take public transformation. So the minute I was able to call a taxi to get everywhere, I did that. I don't take public transportation for shit, for shit, like literally, like even my mom, like she was going to go. We, actually, so it's so funny. My mom, I was supposed to go to this funeral and I never ended up going uh, because there was another event um, and I was supposed to go. And it was transportation procured. For the funeral, my mama got message me. and said, "Oh, she don't know if if no more if 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 she comfortable with me going on there because it's a public this a public bus, the public bus, they make me to drive down for forgot country." When I message her final, it's actual transportation for the funeral. My mama just a bit extra, but she understands now that I, I don't. I mean, I will walk because you know there's life with to me walking in Kingston. <laughs> when he posted from Instagram stories, I will walk from a point to a point on a business, no matter what we're aware, but I don't take public transportation. I make too much money to have to deal with that. So I also think about how queer people, even if it's not, we, they rush for my care as well. One, a part of it is, you know, them Ipe and them love plants, you know, you know, we try to achieve different levels of respectability to take away from our queerness, and that's a part of it. But the other part of it is that there's, you deal with less, the likelihood of homophobia if you're not take public transport. Whether it's somebody I preach on the bus, whether it is just the bungle up, when in fall falling, there's traffic, it's just a lot. And I don't have the energy to do with it. So I also think about how my transportation budget per month takes up a lot because you know, we don't want to take public transportation unless I really, really have to and that, that is just not a thing anymore. I don't have to do it. So I don't. So that's also something like that. that's another way in which i feel like being queer affects our costs and then also the spaces that we go to like we're going to go to the uptown spaces which cost a little bit more for for our restaurants for our keys, because those are the places that are likely to be a little bit more welcoming um so and i think about welcoming in in, in two ways so you have places that are welcoming because they know you right so look like at the little corner shop and the ghetto cook shop they know you so if he's a child you will get the standard you'll get the good treatment but then there are spaces that regardless of whether or not they know you're gonna get decent, decent treatment where you feel comfortable. And, um, and those, that, that, those latter set of spaces, that's where LGBT persons flock to. And they do cost a little bit more than your average price. So those are the other things like, also back in the day, I, and this is my last one, because we didn't Back in the day, not so much now. Matipati uh, used to always keep up when our use, right? So transportation, just to go to party, party was L, now these days, I'm going to keep it closer to the flats, you know, outside, know, transportation. But those are other things that you have to think about. Like, um, it, it, it cost more to go to the events that we would like to go to because, you know, they used to keep all this way out just for safety purposes. And I think those are all the things that come together that make our lives costlier. So even if we're making bank or even if we don't have kids to spend our, our, our monies on, it's talks to all of the other things then because their lives aren't as livable in the same ways that others are. Mm.
2: Uh, a couple of things. So, I mean, okay. I would have, okay Earlier, I, I would have, I mean, when Kareem was talking, I, I thought it would have been interesting to say a little bit more about like even personal care products. I think we're past that, but it's just something for that our listeners can chew on maybe in their own minds. But I mean, to something that Glenn said you are right in terms of thinking about options. I am also someone who likes to have options. I don't think the the other this point is gonna is um only about queer people, but there are some people who are very uh like social media conscious, and so it's like, well, not only do I have Amish options, so my clothing isn't repeated in you know based on the days or like the but it needs to be It can't be something that I've been posted in before either and so there's an additional so people buy new wardrobes for for different reasons and i agree with you in terms of the point about taking public transit because i remember i mean so i'm in toronto which is you know they would well they would like to tell you that it's more you know queer friendly whatever cool but i was super paranoid about uh Wearing heels in public as well, and so the few times I did it, I also got me an Uber as well, and so I I can't. Well, I guess depending on where you are in the city, you might feel more or less comfortable for that. But I agree, there there is the sense that uh, paying a bit more for private uh, taxi or transport services is, is is worth the risk. But since okay, but this is a useful segue then in thinking more generally about travel expenses. So we've talked a little bit about traveling and going out? I mean, I guess we can maybe merge the two. So is it the case that uh, gay people go out more to events, to parties, to gatherings? And do you think uh, gay people travel more as well?
0: That depends on which gay people are atop, right. as well. Um, yeah. But I think even if we traveled and partied as much as straight people, we'd still be paying more. Because of the other circumstances, but you can't go in career.
1: I'm trying to think because I'm thinking about like straight people in my context, right? Here in the US, where most of them are partnered or have children. And so to go out will definitely cost them more in terms of like they'll have to find a babysitter and arrange proper child care. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas I'm more like, readily, I'm, I'm like a grab and go, right? I could, I don't have to really rearrange too much in order for for me to make a particular event. And I'm like literally thinking about like the past few weekends or even just during the week. I'm just like, I'm so exhausted. But then I think about all the different gatherings, right? Whether it's virtual or in person that I've been to, I'm like, damn, like if these little boys out here running around, they were actually mine. I don't think it would have been so easy. Well, it probably would have because I have like, again, I live with family members. So it's not... Too much of a struggle, just leave them and go. But no, I think we're definitely, and I'm not sure if it's by virtue of just us being more social beings, or if it's just the convenience of not having to really worry about arranging all those, making those other arrangements that we go out more. But I think, for speaking personally, it's definitely a mixture of both, right? I definitely have different pockets of friends that always invite me to these different events, and I always feel compelled to go, so I'm always going. And that's in that sense, I'm a social being. But then also, I don't necessarily have to make a lot of um, rearrangements, like my husband, no, I'm going to get up and go by myself. Or I find another friend to go with. So it's not. oof.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I mean, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, just to reinforce the point that, I mean, we've said it before, but trust me, Pitney make a load of difference. Is it that the kids, Pitney, Pampa, even if you get past Pampas, let's think about it, you have to pay them school fee from three, uh, just some start earlier to 18, but if you want to turn out no other life, they probably got them till 23, 25. That's a 20 plus years of expenses going to another human being. And just think about that. And so you can't afford a trip. You can afford, you can You can save so much to just go on a trip to wherever. Because also as Karen said, you're not worried going to look you. about what you're think for when my mother travels with my brothers versus when I travel. When me travel is day before, the day of flight, me I pop my bag and I open and take things off the line and I train a suitcase and I go, my mother can't do that. Cause she has her suitcase and my two brothers' suitcase to organize everything. And then while she's at the airport, she has to think about them and her. Uh, and even though one of my brothers is like, he's 13 now, it's still, it's still a lot to think about. Like it's the, the, three persons, with three tickets that have organized and make sure said, three passport ready, but frequent, a couple of times me I got input and forget my passport and I turnbar turn back. So can you imagine? I'm that. I that.
2: I don't know what I'd do if I ever forgot my passport on the way. That would that's too much stress. Um but one thing I'm thinking about right now though is okay, and just for the sake of the listeners, this is all supposition, obviously, like we don't have statistics, but I'm also wondering if, um, like, okay, and this is, I guess, based on my experience, I feel like gay men aren't typically as bothered about, um, what's the word, sharing in a way. So, for example, on any of the trips that we've done, people were, well, in some cases, you know, people were sharing, like, the same bed, for example. And so, whereas, you know, among straight people, they're about, about, like, distance and, like, um, comfort and privacy, particularly if you are traveling um, with a with a group of like different sexes and you know genders and expressions. I feel like with queer people, the same same hangups aren't there in the same way. So, okay, Lenore, what, what are you
0: thinking? Because I'm not sure what that's. It really depends. It really depends. If it's a girls trip, then it's the same. Yeah. Um, because I feel like women have that kind of you know fealty with each other. Um, and sometimes even with the niggers, them, if they, if you if, if it's your real niggers, they don't have no problem, share a bed, can you know, say, I don't know. Right. So I feel like to maybe that, be, but you're right. When it's a mix of sexes, then it becomes like, oh, what does it mean for you to share a bed with this person? And what could people be thinking? But that kind of interplay of gender relations, I think with all sorts economic considerations as well. Because, uh, and this is something to think about. I feel like, and it's, it's kind of, it's complicated, but it's a thought I'm thinking through in my head. I think straight men have to budget for um, paying for dates. They have to budget for performing traditionally masculine roles in a way that some queer men do, but not all. And I think in the same way, straight women, a lot of straight women I know, they can count on, being able to get money from a man in a certain kind of way, even though you navigate all sorts of crazy things to get that money. In a way that me as a queer man, I don't expect that. Um, some queer men do, so it's not as simple as that. But like, I remember when the Journey Project was having a conversation, the notion of one man marrying another man was partly contested. Whereas in the heterosexual world, it's the tradition for a man to man a woman that people are deviating from it now is progress but for us the notion of one manning the other is hardly contested and i think also that has all sorts of implications for how much money you have access to and how much money you have to know budget to spend so that's another interesting thing
2: sorry for some reason i'm thinking about soca wait is there a significant difference in the prices of the costumes for the men versus women i don't i'm not involved with that do you know expensive Hmm.
0: Women's costumes are more expensive, I think. I'm not sure. Oh. but then the women's costumes are way more elaborate, so there's also yeah, They're actually more expensive. Yes, they are.
2: Okay, just curious.
1: Conversation. Not convince me for nothing. Just saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and actually, it's funny that you say that because even if we went to a conversation, then about what it takes for uh, queer couples to have children or adopt or conceive potentially, that's a whole nother um, issue. I mean, more... And from I that
1: perspective, it's a whole nother thing, child.
2: Yeah, I assume it's more expensive for, like, queer men specifically, to, rather than if it was... Um, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. and I'm not trying to, like, trivialise baby-making, but man boy meets girl boy sleeps with girl boom baby's here if you know what you're doing and I think with some and I can't I don't want to say most lesbian couples because that might not be true um but at least for the ones that I've heard about um and for some that I know of they're they're perfectly comfortable with just like well even just a trip to the sperm bank right it doesn't cost much to much to procure some sperms and um inseminate one of the two females but for and that's one of the conversations that Jamalia and I even even though we're still trying to figure out for sure are we going to do this whole kids thing um like just navigating the conversation right to get a con- a consultation about the options available to you right unless you have people who have gone through the process like I know a few colleagues who are willing to have that conversation but then even themselves went th- went to agencies that I'm not sure I'd be able to afford right now. Or it's like, well, do I really want to go through this much just to, you know, get a child? Like, can I figure it out on my own and then navigate the process by myself, come what may? But, you know, it's very expensive. When you're talking about getting an egg, of course, you have to, you you can't carry the baby yourself. You can't tote the baby. So you have to go um, worry about um, getting a surrogate or If you even just for adoption, there are so many like fees and so on that you have to pay in order to begin that process. And when you're in that process, there are more fees that you have to pay. It's it's a lot. From that standpoint, kids become even more expensive and feel like a drag. But I love them. I'm torn. I'm I'm conflicted.
2: And I mean, I. And I, I don't want to uh, flatten or oversimplify the experiences. I mean, there are any number of issues that will make it... Okay, the point about you know whether or not it's easy for uh, gay men versus uh, lesbian women to uh, go through that process, I think there's uh, some nuance there that we need to uh, account for. Um, but one of the things I was also thinking about is how pre-existing assumptions about gay men being sexual predators might also factor into those conversations as well. And so there might be another kind of barrier about whether or not uh, you know, gay men are fit
0: to well, be parents depending on the situation. Go ahead. Well, well, absolutely. So if you think about the Jamaican context, the fact that you know, the only two people that can adopt together is a married couple. Queer people are already at a disadvantage. Um, And then if it's a single man adopting, you know, there's greater scrutiny just overall. Um, And the kind of concerns that you're raising around, um, you know, the attitudes to to queer people in like custody applications has been flagged in different like social legal research. Um, And so for both queer men and queer women, for gay men, it was the predator thing and for queer women. It's the idea that if you're a queer woman then we have that must be taken into account before you get custody however with that being said what we've noticed even in Jamaica and in Bahamas that there's actually a tendency among judges to say it shouldn't matter for considerations around custody um, so if it's a good if the person is a good father so in both cases it was um, somebody a queer man if it's a if the person is a good father then he's a good father and his homosexuality doesn't matter and that was actually very interesting to see both in a Bahamian judgment and then in, in a Jamaican judgment before we have the new human rights framework, which is broader that we have now. So that's interesting. So but it's still something that, that exists within like you know common law that you know engage. So this might be a problem. But we've seen otherwise in our context.
2: Good, good. Um, so I guess that might be a useful segue then to the point about whether or not your sexuality impacts in the long term your career, sp- the trajectory of your career. Um, I mean, I guess Glenroy, based on your current position, that wouldn't really be an issue. But I'm just like thinking, because I mean, I, I we might have spoken about this in a previous episode, but I know that I was talking to some people where, no, I think it was the podcast we had a conversation about how there's a limit to how far some people can go if it is that they don't have. Uh, a wife and children in the picture, in terms of some of the leadership
0: roles, and yes, yeah, so is there a kind of what's the landscape there? What I remember from what some persons have told me is that in the legal profession, when you work at certain firms, there's an expectation that you won't be a right I'll say it, and so you know, after a certain time, they're looking to see, okay, where's the where's the wife? You know, are they settling down? Does the firm has a Traditional image, you know, so that's a thing. I mean, there are a lot of queer lawyers, and you, you, see, you go to court, you see them in fine style. So it doesn't stop a lot of people. But if you want to work at like a big firm, so you're going to get, you know, more exposure and go further in your career, it is a reality. So that's one thing that I'm, you know, cognizant of and grateful for that I never did have to worry about um, in my career path.
2: Is it something you're concerned about, Kareem? That it might affect your prospects or does it help? As I mean, I will say, I did have a conversation with a friend a few months ago where I was saying that in a... Wait, or maybe, maybe I'm saying it here too. I see we've, we've done too many episodes, I can't remember. But I was also saying that depending on where you are, it can also uh, help in potentially kind of fucked up way because these companies are very much into the the visible... Um, minority or like diversity type token. And so I know at least here in Canada, there are a number of big companies that love to tout, you know, oh, we have this either person of color or queer person who's like so available, um, visible and has this particular position. Not to discount that that person deserves a job, obviously, but there there is this, yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting to see how that. Plays out. I should also mention that the. Hold on. Okay, let me just back, give some context here. So I've told I've mentioned already that I'm a part of this um, uh, LGBT sports league. It is fascinating to me how well positioned some of these members are. It is. It is. Yeah. It's it's fascinating and. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating. And the, what I've also found is like, I mean, I guess we know this is not it. Like some people get jobs because of the networks that you're in. And if it is that you have these highly successful, largely white predictably um, men in positions of power that can also pull in more of their colleagues, then yeah, I guess your queerness is also doing a part of service there too. But anyway, I'm rambling.
0: Before oh, so Karim jumps on, I want to kind of flag something in that last bit you said about networks. So think about the fact that we, all three of us, we, we um, exist in an alumni network by virtue of going to certain high schools in Jamaica, but think about how being queer pushes you away from those networks. Mm. Think about that and think about how that affects your prospects. So yes, I would go to KC, but which KC? Oh boy, I get like me, I go to who opportunity or feel like I can go to for an opportunity, especially after my low start, right? So, things like that. So, for me, very important, I guess, you know, future perspective for people like me to say, yes, we exist. And, girl, if you need a reference, if you need a connection, I got you because we don't got that. And even if there are, que- even if there are, you know, friendly alumni, I don't know who they are, right? To know that I can come to you and access because the space, does not tell me that that's a possibility for me i think about all that if We talk about you know jobs and access to jobs and stuff like that that plays into it a lot the, the Batman mm-hmm. of our It talk for themselves we are for fans. We're all good.
2: that's
1: real it's funny you mentioned that cuz like i see we're talking for some reason bigger by beyonce from the latest album was playing in my mind i'm um, just thinking about how like the positions we 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 occupy are kind of like bigger right we have a bigger purpose in those positions but that's just me getting ready to on my soapbox but um no so again my unique my experiences have been unique i do think though if i was in a more corporate setting then my queerness would have an effect especially here because when i think about the totality of who i am right it's not just the identity of like being attracted to men but it's also who i express my queerness right so through my clothing and so on i would not have been able to get away with it in certain Queer spaces in certain um, corporate spaces. Um, so I was my my friend works for Enterprise and she was telling me to come work for Enterprise. But then the way they dress in certain spaces is just like so sterile. It's like khaki pants with. A button up shirt or black pants and a button up shirt, you can't do anything outside of that, anything outside of that, then you're putting yourself in danger. And I'm just like, I'm not a black pants, button up shirt type of girl. Like, I even just the other day I was shopping, I literally bought me some blouses with like ruffled layers and with tails and stuff like that because I'm getting ready to do my own like professional photo shoot. And I'm like, I wanted to represent who I am. And so, who I am would not be able to thrive in certain spaces. But again, my experiences have been really like, um, unique because every space that I've been in, well, I mostly occupy kind of like a space of almost like self-employed right now. So I get to set the standards and I get to show up to meetings because you came to request my services and you don't get to determine or dictate how I show up and present myself. Like what you get to be concerned about is whether or not I'm going to be able to do the job that you asked me to do. Um, but yeah. In those spaces, I've, I think I would have more concern. But even in the the non even in academia now, people are still very much like conservative when it as it relates to their dressing. So when I show up to conferences or when I show up on webinars and I'm in a beret and a scarf around my neck and stuff like that, it's it's like oh wow, you're so you I love the look. Like somebody texted me the other day, I was doing a presentation. It's like oh my god, Kareem, your look. I'm like wow, y'all really need. Y'all need me up in here to shake things up a little bit, shake the room. But yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I know, I know, Glenn, I got to go so we can wrap it up. But if you just have, okay, just to end up really quickly on something like what's your not so guilty pleasure that you, you know, for me, it's like high count, 100% cotton sheets. Cause that shit makes a difference. It makes a difference. Um, and I will pay extra money for that shit. So, yeah.
0: Hmm. Huh. That's a tough one. But if I think about it, I mean, it's the case. It's, it's the, mm. it's, the, it's, the, it's, the it's, all, it's the excess. It's the clothes that represent any form of excess. Right, right. now it might be, um, pa- um, blazers with beautiful patterns next. Whatever it is, I saw this beautiful split sleeve jacket, but then it wasn't available in the in the country I was shopping in when it changed over to US so use the <laughs> Chinese. But yeah. Um, yeah, so things like that. So those are the things that I will spend a coin on because you know my offer of them.
1: Yeah. You know? Uh what is it? Like for me oh, by the way, Glenn you need to check out Shein, Shine, S-H-E-I-N, because a girl of yours, Tetra and shit. And I was having some nice unique things. And, like, I'm not attack like, expensive. not am not so, you know, you can't rock up. You can't buy one, two, or three, and I have to buy just one. Um, but check them out. Um, I'll put the link in the bio, yeah, the link in the chat, the name in the chat. <laughs> but <laughs> I think for me now and for my husband and I, is because we're somehow on this, like, health type of thing. So now we're splurging, and it just feels so wrong saying we're splurging on, like, a certain type of food. So we're buying organic, we're... Um, we're shopping at whole foods and those more like specialty markets when we go to for example like burlington has like this gourmet food section and we'll be able to we go there and we actually like shop in there and buy some stuff um i think that's like my not so guilty pleasure and i think i've, I've framed it as such because not everybody has the luxury or the type of income that you can or just the wear with all just the fun to be able to go to those type of places and buy because again they're shopping for families, they're shopping for not just themselves, whereas just my husband and I, yeah, occasionally mom come upstairs and she's like, well, my Matthias want to cook now, but, like, we're not worried about, we don't have to worry about just beyond ourselves, so. Yeah. Excellent.
0: Okay, it's, great. It's
1: weird seeing that, but, I mean, because everybody should have access to, like, high-quality, good food that's good for them, but, you know.
2: Yeah, I feel that. I don't no. know what I said because you were on oh, I,
0: I was saying, but capitalism said no, so.
2: That's, yeah, like. that's, that's savage. <laughs> in, in any case, uh, thanks again for joining us, dear listeners. Um, as per usual, please reach out to us on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at PhD Podcast. And you can email us at at gmail.com. I hope you enjoy this one. and We look forward to hearing your thoughts. You know, is it really the case that, um, LGBTQ people are spending uh, more and perhaps more frivolously in, in certain areas. we'd love to know. In the meantime, we hope you're staying safe otherwise, and we'll see you next time.
1: Be sophisticated. Bye.